<laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. Hey, it's so good to be with you all tonight. Kai Alpha! It's been so good to worship with you. It's been so good to pray together. And now I'm excited as we continue in our service tonight as we continue to study God's word, as we continue to be with one another, that we would be enlightened, that we would learn something new tonight, and that we would be able to continue on the path which Jesus has put us on as we learn more about what the kingdom of heaven is like. This semester, we're in a series called Kingdom Things, right? Where we've been studying the parables. We're looking at these sayings of Jesus, where Jesus would find passerbys, where he would find the disciples, where he would find crowds, and then he would tell them a story, a story that uh, would involve things that they would have understand, would involve uh, pictures and images and people that would have made sense to them, where they could have put themselves in the story, they could have understood who Jesus was saying that he was in the story, in order that their eyes may be open to what the kingdom of heaven is like. Now, Jesus is teaching these things because as he has come to earth, the longings of Israel, the longings of, of this nation who has longed for a Messiah, or the people of God as they have hoped for someone who would come, who would institute a new kingdom, who would bring back the, the reign of God on earth. And Jesus says, I am here now and the kingdom is here amongst you. It is around you, it is before you, it is beneath you, and then it goes before you. And as you enter into it, we enter into what we now are a part of in the church age. And in the church age, we're in this part where the kingdom is advancing around us. It is both now, but the kingdom is also before us. It is also not yet. Last week, we looked at a nice little uh, diagram. We call that a diagram, right? We look at a diagram where we saw the age and the age to come. And we see that right now we live in this time where these two things overlap. And as Jesus is explaining to his hearers for the first time, as they see what the kingdom is like, he's explaining to them in story mode. And we all love stories. Right? We can remember stories. Stories inspire us. Like, like stories are what keep us up at night when we should have gone to bed when we were kids, but we're underneath the covers with the flashlight on reading stories. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but it was good. I'm in for it. And stories inspire us. And so Jesus tells these stories. Last week, we looked at some stories where we saw that the kingdom of heaven inspires growth. Growth both internally and growth externally. The week before, we saw that the, the kingdom is like a, like a field and, and a sower comes and scattered seeds and, and it, it grows in different types of soil. And this week, as we're going to look at two more parables, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 13. You're like... Will we ever get out of Matthew chapter 13? Uh, not tonight, we won't. <laughs> not tonight. So we're going to continue in Matthew chapter 13. We're going to look at two, even potentially three more parables tonight. Jesus is in the middle of an uh, octet of parables. That's eight. He's telling eight parables right in a row. Uh, Matthew kind of lays them out for us. And so um, I'm excited. And, and the thing that we're going to learn this week, I'm going to give you the answer up front. The kingdom thing is that the kingdom of heaven is worth it all. Mm. Yeah, right? Just full stop. Everybody pack it up. Let's have our spring break meetings and go home. The kingdom of heaven is worth it all. 
As you go throughout your lives, as you go throughout your days, you realize that there, everything around you, you have assigned a worth to or someone else has assigned a worth to, right? Uh, today, I tried to buy some Mike and Ikes uh, in, the, in the machine. Do you know that for a bag of Mike and Ikes, they charge you $2.70? And do you know that I would have very willingly paid it if they just would have taken my jack card? Okay, I swiped it forwards, I swiped it backwards. It was like I was trying to get out of you rack, and I'm like, I don't know which way it's supposed to face. <laughs> okay, and they're always yelling at me from the counter, turn it around. I tried that. <laughs> I tried. I tried. I, I keep flipping it. Okay, I've done something wrong. <laughs> okay, and, and that would have been worth it to me to pay that in that moment, because I really wanted those Mike and Ikes. I love Mike and Ikes, man, let me tell you. Like Mike and Ikes, beef jerky, uh, Mike and Ikes, yellow. No, I mean like Mike or Ikes. Oh, Mike, Mike, that's my dad's name. Yeah, he's my guy. So, uh, and so there's this sense that like as you go throughout your lives, like there are things that you assign worth to, right? Where it's like today you had multiple instances where you're like, is this worth it? Do you know what it was? Am I going to walk across campus in this weather? Is class worth it? What is the per dollar ratio of me skipping this class? How much did I pay in tuition? How much? How many classes do I take? How many hours is that? What is it really worth for me to walk in that? Okay, right? <laughs> and I have heard there are rumors that it's going to snow tonight. And I'm like, it had better. Okay, I am so tired of this pretending to snow. Okay, there's like just snow already. All right, we deserve a delay. Okay, we should not have to go on time tomorrow. Come on. So. You don't have you, you. Sorry, you ain't getting you ain't you ain't getting no delay. You don't got classes till three o'clock. That's wild. That's wild. So there's this other thing. I'm sorry. I'm still thinking about what worthy things. In. I've got a picture that I want to show you guys. It's not that picture. It's the next one. A mystery box. You guys know what these are? This I just pulled this right off Google Images. It's just a mystery box. You guys are like, what a nerd. Uh, so look, mystery boxes come in all shapes and sizes. Okay. There are big mystery boxes, there are small mystery boxes. They come from many different companies. There's actually a store in Charlottesville at the mall, right? Do people still have malls? Yeah, they do still have malls. At the mall, and it's, an, it's a bin container store, right? It's all the Amazon returns. They come in a box, and you can buy random boxes, and who knows what's in it, right? It's a mystery. Uh, in my uh, Instagram Explore page, it is full of mystery boxes that are full of what, is that weird to you guys? <laughs> just like, what are in his mystery boxes? Uh, it's shoes. Okay? Yeah. Mystery that is full of shoes, okay? It's like, it's like guys going to, to shoe, like, expos, right? And there's these big mystery boxes. And they buy the mystery box, and they spend hundreds of dollars on a mystery box. Because you know what? It might be thousands of dollars of shoes. And they open it up, and it's shoes that I already own. And I'm like, dude, you just got had. You got got. You thought that it was going to be worth it. You thought that it was going to you like, this is going to be the moment. This is going to be the time where I'm going to get those sneakers I've been hoping for. And I am, oh, man. And then it never is. Because they try to make money. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, like the math just don't add up. Like there's like one out of a hundred, but it's like, it's like, um, I, I call it like adult, uh, the claw game for adults, right? You never win, but you think I could win next time. And so you just, like, these people just keep buying these mystery boxes. And I'm like, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Mystery boxes are not worth it. <laughs> yeah, you guys are like, mm, is that the point? It is not the point. Okay, it's just a funny story to keep us all engaged. Okay? Okay, mystery boxes are not worth it. We sometimes like think that they're going to be worth it, but we're not sure if they're going to be worth it. And we find ourselves sometimes not just thinking about this about mystery boxes, but we think this about our relationship with Jesus. Is this really worth it? Am I getting back what I'm putting in? Is this worth it? Is there something else out there? Should I, should I hold out for a different thing? Should I try something else? What if I just did this? What if I just did that? And Jesus is answering your, the question of your heart right now. In these parables, is it worth it? The answer is yes. So let's read Matthew chapter 13. We're going to look at two different parables here to begin. It's on page uh, 941 in my Bible, NIV Thin Line. What up? Uh, yes, we will be starting in verse 44. Slide all the way down. Is it behind me? Nope, I didn't put it up there. So there you go. So here, let's read these two parables real quick. Like The parable of the hidden treasure in the pearl. Jesus writes, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold everything that he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything that he had and bought it. So let's break these down. Let's talk about these parables one at a time. First, we're going to go look at the man in the field. And Jesus says, let's read it again, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold all that he had and bought that field. Let's break this down and see what happens. Okay, in Jewish law at this time, if you, it was very common in the ancient Near East for people to bury things. Okay, they would bury treasures, right? Banks weren't what they are today, right? Wells in Fargo hadn't been existed. Uh, and so, like, there's this sense that, like, in order to keep things, right, well, sometimes the best thing to do would have been to bury it. You're going to see this happen in some other parables that, that, that go around. There's going to be a talent that's going to be buried, like, like burying treasure, not in, like, the pirate way, arr, uh, but in, like, the sense that, like, this is just a safe place to keep it. This is where we put important things, okay? We bury it in field. Okay, if you as a Jewish person were to walk into a field and you were to find a treasure, as if you pulled the treasure out, you would have to tell the landowner that you found it. You'd have to then give it to the landowner. And this time it would have been a male, right? You would have handed it to the, to the male lander. And they're like, hey, here's the treasure that I found in your field. If you uncovered it, and you didn't pull it out, you didn't have to tell him. Everyone around Jesus would have known this as they would have heard this story. They would have seen that it had been like, this dude is on to something. So this man is just walking. He's going about his day, right? He's walking through the field and he finds a treasure. And he's like, this is my moment. This is the moment I've been hating. You guys wouldn't got Mike and Ice. <laughs> 
no, no, just save me some. I can't do it right now. <laughs> Who knows what would happen if I had sugar at this point? Um, okay, okay. So this man, he goes, he goes to the field, and he finds this treasure, right? He says he, he covers it back up, and then he goes, and what does he do? He has a yard sale. Okay, like the dude gets on Facebook Marketplace, he sells his car, right? He's like, yo, he goes, he's like, goes in, into his basement, he grabs his old Pokemon cards. Did you guys do Pokemon cards? Yes. Yeah, he grabs his old Pokemon cards, he puts them all on eBay. He's like, we gotta get rid of these things, I have to buy that field. He sells everything, his neighbors are like, they're coming out and they're watching him, they're like, dude, what are you doing? What, you're a fanatic at this point. It says, and he's just so excited. Like every time they're like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I can't tell you, but I'm so excited. I can't wait. This is gonna be amazing." Like he's like, he's like, "Oh man, oh, just take it, buy it. Come on, you can. I'll cut you a deal, two for one. I have to have this." And then he finally has enough. He's counted all his pennies. He's, he's like scrounged it all up. You guys don't even know what pennies are. Like his Venmo balance, right? You know what I mean? Like he has a Venmo balance. You're like, that guy is living life, right? Like, oh my gosh. And he, he goes and he buys the field knowing that even though he sold everything, he got a good deal. Friends, that is the gospel message. Jesus gave himself. He sold everything that he had. He came down from heaven in order to die on the cross for us so that as we give of ourselves, as we give of everything that we have, that we get a good deal. That, that being a part of the kingdom is worth it. That being a part of the kingdom is worth everything. That being a part of the kingdom is so much bigger and so much better and so much much better than anything that you could ever ask or imagine, than any dreams that you would have had, than any hopes that you would have dreamed, than anything that you would have owned. The kingdom of heaven is worth it. And this man literally sold everything in joy, laughing the whole way, so excited about the deal that he had got. And as he sat in his field, as he uncovered his treasure, he knew that he knew that he knew that he had made the right choice. But I can't help but think about what it was like in those moments for him as he's going through his days, as he's selling these things, as his neighbors are watching because I've been in college, right? You guys are in college now. And I know that as you think about your lives in the kingdom, as you think about like selling everything, as you think about what it's like to live as a kingdom person, I know that there are people watching you where it makes it hard to live like a kingdom person. I know there are people surrounding you. I know that culture swims against you. I know that the university can be a very hard place to live holy. The university can be a very hard place to be a Jesus person and to live for the kingdom that is coming and the kingdom that is around us now. So there's a couple things I want to talk about for us today. What I'm not I'm not asking you to go have a yard sale right now. Okay, that's not, you know, do people like I don't even know, do you call it a dorm sale? Like what do you like like you call it you call it a copper ridge sale? Like I don't I don't know. Like you know like like there's this I'm not asking you to do that. Copper Beach, I know, okay, I got it wrong, okay, you know, I own a home, I don't live in one of the apartment complexes, you nerds, <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, so yeah, so yeah, so there you go, uh, but when I think about my life of following Jesus as a college student, I think about my life even now, there are a couple things that come to mind that I had to get rid of 
in order to help myself believe that the kingdom of God was worth it. One of them was status. Mm, right? Like, I, like, maybe you've been taught this. Maybe, I've been, maybe you've been taught this your whole life. Like, you can be anything you want to be. If you just work hard, you'll be able to do it. You can even be president one day. <laughs> like, why do I want to do that? Those dudes all have gray hair by the end of eight years. Like, that is not worth it. Right? Like, there's this sense that, like, for me, when I was in college, as, as I, like, began to come into kingdom relationship, as I began to see what the kingdom of heaven was like, it's like, man... Like, I just, like, really want to be important to other people. I really want other people to see me as important. I really want people to think that I'm important. I want to have an important job. I want to do important things. I want to make a... It was all, like, cloud in the sense of, like, I want to make a difference. But really, I just wanted people to think I was making a difference. And coming into the kingdom of heaven, like, my friends in my hall, my first year of college, did not think that that was important. They didn't think that that was like the way to go. They're like, what is he doing? Why does he pray before meals? Like, what is this about? This dude is weird. And how many of you know, when you're 18 to 21, I mean, really, like, for most of your life, like, being weird is not, it doesn't feel great. Knowing the people around you look at you differently. But let me tell you, it is worth it. Selling your status for the kingdom is worth it. Selling your status for the kingdom is worth it. He sells everything. Another thing that the kingdom asks a lot of us is our finances. Oh, I think it, it could have been Luther who said the last part of a person to convert, no, it was Wesley, the last person of a person to convert is their wallet. Huh? Why? Well, because you're right here in the front, you know what I mean? It's not just you. Catherine feels the same way. Uh, okay? Being a kingdom person means that you're going to look at your finances differently than those around you. I mean, you're going to spend your money differently than other people spend their money. But here's the thing. When it comes to getting a good deal for the kingdom, it is amazing to me that when I started tithing, that Jesus is like, yo, you just give me 10%, I'll take care of the rest. Right? Matthew will tell us earlier in, in the book, right? He tells us that, that like, why, why even worry about tomorrow? Like, tomorrow has enough worry for itself. Look at the lilies of the field. Look at the birds of the air. Like, the Lord clothes them. He feeds them. He will take care of you also. As you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. And this is what the Lord does. As we enter into his kingdom, he takes care of us. And so we treat our finances differently. We treat our finances as stewards. As we are part of what is going on around us as we are investing in the world around us, as we are investing in the kingdom, as we are investing in the gospel going global, that looks different to our friends. That looks different to a world that is like going broke. Right? Like as we live as kingdom people, as we steward our finances, we don't live in consumer debt like our friends do. Because the kingdom is worth it and so we treat money differently. Another big thing, and this is like one thing that none of us have any of, right? We wish we had more of, and that is time. 
bruh, he's stepping on my toes now. Like, right? Like, the kingdom is going to require a lot of time. Okay, you have, uh, man, I got to read my Bible and I need to pray and I'm supposed to take a Sabbath. And then there's large group and then there's small group and there's a worship night. And don't forget, a vibes is happening. And then, like, I want to go get lunch with this person and that person. And now they saw me another person to get lunch with. And then it's like all these things I got to do. And it's like, there's not enough time. Right? You guys are like, no, for real. There is not enough time. And I waste so much time trying to swipe out of you, wreck. Like, if I could just get those minutes back. Like, thank you know what I mean? Right? Like, you guys are like, like I can see him doing it. What an idiot. Taryn just watched me do it on Sunday. She's like, flip it around. I got my kids with me. I'm like, I'm trying. So anyways, I've already told you that story. Anyways. And so, like, the kingdom is going to require you to spend a lot of time on it and in it and with the people around you. And this is what it can be like. When I, like, first got serious about Sabbath, I remember this. I was a, we'll call myself a senior in college, right? Um, And I was, like, really trying to grind out, like, to to finish strong or whatever. (laughs) It's like, can we just be done with this? And it's like I had all these assignments and I had these like majors classes and I had like papers to write and books to read. And then it's like like somebody on a Monday night was preaching and they were preaching about Sabbath. And it's like, man, that is a kingdom principle. And I should, in fact, do that. But when? When would I ever have 24 hours in which I could just give to like devotion to the Lord? When can I like pause in, in my daily activities and my weekly activities and pause in this tremendous to-do list? Like, what, what do you mean, Jesus? That's how I talk to him when I'm mad. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shared experience. Yeah, 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 right? That's how I picture the people that make Popeye's chicken talking. <laughs> people that make Chick-fil-A chicken are way too nice. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like the Pop- Popeye's. Like, that's the good stuff. Okay? That's how I picture it. Okay? It's a <laughs> yeah. Woo! Man, that's spicy. Woo! Come on. Hit me. Woo! Anyways. Okay, so I started taking a Sabbath. I'm like, I'm just going to commit to this. I'm just going to take a Sabbath. I'm going to, I'm going to, like... I'm going to do whatever I have to do in order to do it, okay? And I just believed that with the six days that I, like, with me working on six days with the Lord's help was going to be better than me working on seven days. And, man, do I wish that I could tell you that I got the best grades that I got. I didn't. But it was better. The outcome in my GPA wasn't better that semester but me as a person was better me committing to the kingdom was better in the long run because the kingdom is worth it so Kyle I would challenge you as you think about selling everything as you think about going out to buy in the field realize that you got a good deal do you think about your life right now? What do you need to sell? What needs to go? In order for you to buy the thing that is really worth it. 
in order for you to get your hands on that treasure, in order for you to be with the one who wants to be with you? What could that look like? But wait, there's more. There's a whole other parable, right? It's the pearl. Oh, what happens with the pearl? Jack Sparrow. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Come on. Uh, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for a fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Okay, this story's a little bit differently, right? It's a little different. Like It feels like it's exactly the same, but it's a little different. Here's a way in which it is different. The one who finds the pearl is a merchant. He is a, uh, an expert in pearls. Okay, like this is his gig. This is what he does. Okay, he buys and sells pearls for a living. He probably travels around. He goes and looks at new pearls. He looks at big pearls. He looks at small pearls. Got like certain different colored pearls. He's like, yeah, that's. He's like, he's got like the four C's of pearls, right? That's, anyways. Uh, okay, and so like, like this is the guy that like this, like the the first guy just is trying to just walk in haphazardly. He just finds a treasure. But this guy, like, this is what he does. This is like his gig. He has seen other pearls. Okay, he sold them. He's collected them. He's traded them back and forth, and then one day it happens. He finds the biggest, baddest pearl. He's like, he's like I, I've heard stories about this one. I've heard other people mention it, but I didn't know that exactly it, it existed. I didn't know that it was here. I didn't know that it was now. I didn't know that I was going to have this chance right now in order to buy it. Like, oh my gosh, what should I do? And he does the only logical thing one can do when one is like confronted with the best thing possible in your field. He sells everything else. He gets rid of every other pearl, sells them all in order to buy the best pearl. Now, how is this different than what we just shared about? There's different ways we think about our, our time and our finances and our status. I think what Jesus is trying to communicate to the crowd that has gathered around, I think what Jesus is trying to communicate to us today, is specifically in a university setting, is that the merchant and his pearls in some way represent all the different worldviews that this man has come into, in contact with. As he's traveled around, he has seen all these different things, he has learned all these different things, and now he has got to leave behind all of these other worldviews. He's got to leave behind all of these other beliefs in order to get a hold of the one true belief. The best pearl, the biggest one, the one that is truly worth following. In a university setting, it is hard to say that out loud. Because in a university setting, we believe in tolerance. We believe in everyone's views are all equal and that they should all be the same and it's all headed the same way anyway, right? And that is good. Uni university means unity in diversity. And the university is a great place in order to discuss ideas. It's a great way, a place to learn new things. But a la carte religion doesn't work. To just grab a piece from this one and a piece from that one. When this one says that one's not right and that one says this one isn't right. 
And yes, I would like to come into the kingdom, but I just don't want your sexual ethics. Or I could do it, but can't I still do this also? But what if? But please, but can I? Leave it all behind. Sell everything. This kingdom is far bigger, far better than anything you could ever ask or imagine. And if we really believe that what we could mash up together ourselves is going to be better than what the king of all kings has left for us, then what are we thinking? Like, right? The merchant could have, like, cut his pearls up and, like, glued them together in order to build an even bigger one. Like, check this out. And we would have looked at him and like, what are you thinking? Has your frontal lobe even developed? No. It hasn't. It hasn't. I'm sorry. It hasn't. But sometimes we just think that we know so much better. Oh, I figured it out. Oh, I, I know what it is. Jesus didn't mean that. He just said it. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, isn't it, doesn't, it just sounds ridiculous when you say it out loud. But that is how many of us live our lives. In comfort and like moving forward and just doing what we've always done and don't rock the boat and Jesus don't ask me of that and I don't want to commit to that because if I do then Jesus might make me be a missionary and I really don't want to be a missionary right like I don't spend all this money on college ain't no way I'm going to be no missionary like you can forget it Jesus like you need to chill out (laughs) sell it all sell everything leave it all behind and come into the kingdom with power Come into the kingdom that is great. Come into the kingdom that is worth it all. And I believe that Jesus will be there with you and it will be the adventure of a lifetime. Following Jesus is more fun than doing anything else. Like it is the ride of a lifetime. You literally never know what else is going to happen and, and Jesus is there with you. And he tells his disciples, you'll do even greater things than I have done and this is your destiny. This is your potential. This is where he wants you, Kyle. come into the kingdom and believe that it is worth it all. Leave everything behind. Sell it all. Okay, now I feel like I owe you a disclaimer. Okay, do not go back to your dorm. Okay, do not get on your phone on the way home and call your parents okay and say I'm dropping out of college okay I ain't gonna do it like Josh told me I had to sell everything okay I'm gonna go live out in the desert as a nomad okay that is not what I am saying that is not what this parable is trying to say to us today here's another phrase for you to think about live as if the temporary is temporary and the eternal is eternal do you know what I mean Live as if the temporary is temporary and the eternal is eternal. Do I think that you can have nice things? Yes, I do think that you can have nice things, okay? Do I think that you should have too many nice things? There's probably a line somewhere, okay? But Abraham had a lot of things, okay? Like David did too, 
Okay? These were people who did some great things for the kingdom, okay? but they weren't defined by those things. They knew that they were temporary. And they knew what was eternal. And what is eternal is so much greater than what is temporary. Not just in time sense, but in weightiness, in worthiness, and like what is actually out there. Levi and I were talking last week about a C.S. Lewis quote that we love in The Weight of Glory. And he says that, that many of us, uh, Lewis says, that we settle for uh, playing in mud puddles, like jumping around in mud puddles, when the Lord has offered us a vacation at the sea. And we're content to just play in the mud puddles of life, not knowing what is actually out there is so much greater and so much better because we just can't see it because we're just not willing to commit to it because we're just not sure if it's going to be worth it. It will be worth it. And so I just believe that if we all lived as if it was worth it, like think about what could change in your own life. If you fully committed to the kingdom, if you fully believed that it was worth it, as you left all these other things behind that have just given you heartache and strife and frustration, temporary things will do that. Eternal things will not. And look, this doesn't mean that everything's going to go right for you. This doesn't mean you're going to get everything you ever wanted. It doesn't mean that you're going to like get the grade point average you wanted. Like, I didn't get that. You know what I mean? doesn't mean you're going to get the job that you wanted. You might. But what you get in the kingdom is so much better than those things. Peace and joy and love and hope and purpose and passion and potential. This is what the kingdom offers you. So will you accept it? Will you get the good deal? Will you go on the ride of a lifetime and not look back? Sell everything, Kyle. As the band comes up, we're going to respond a couple different ways tonight. First, what I'm going to ask you to do, I'm going to ask you all to stand. And for our first response, what I'm going to ask you to do, I'm going to ask you just to walk around the room, to move, okay? And I just want you to talk with Jesus about the things which have held you back. The ways in which you haven't believed that it is worth it, where you've been testing it out. Like, I don't know about that part. Like, Jesus, just not my schedule. Just not my finances. I just want to hold on to this belief, or I just don't want to fully believe that you are right in this area. And I just want you to give you a, give you a chance to just... As you're walking around, what I, want, what I want you to think is those things. What I want you to say out loud over and over again is, He is worth it. The kingdom is worthy. He is worth it. The kingdom is worthy. And just say that as we walk throughout this room. Rachel's going to play in the background and it's going to give us some time. And I just want you to just kind of keep saying that. I want you to, everybody say it out loud, right? And so as we're all saying it together in this room, I believe that... It will encourage each of us as we think about these things, as we believe for these things, as we know that the kingdom of heaven is worth it.